Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of the Red Carpet Trailer Trash Podcast. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is the incomparable Mr. Connor Rock. How are you doing this week, Connor? Well, you know, I'm, do- I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing quite well. Had a lovely weekend. That's that's good. It rained a bit, but uh, hey, we, sh- we showed you all we could of Roanoke. And that's what, that's what counts. And that's what matters. Spending the weekend with friends. So, when you were here, did you notice, like, the ice cream truck? No. What what ice cream truck? There's, it's not in our neighborhood, but it's, like, the neighborhood across the river, I think, is where it is. Kate disagrees, but that's not really... It doesn't matter. Um, there's, like, this ice cream truck that every day from, like, I don't know, 3.30 to 6 or 4 to 6 or something like that. It, it It's just, like, a regular ice cream truck, but it plays christmas music and there's just something off about it that i can't quite figure out so every day i'm like haunted by this ominous weirdly out of season ice cream truck that i have never i've never seen i've only heard it and i was just i just wanted to know if uh you heard it too or if we're going crazy sounds like your neighborhood is haunted and we're not going to spend any more time on that discussion (laughs) because we need to dive right in because we are discussing the oscars predictions this week and if you'll recall, I believe that was our longest episode that wasn't about a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. We also did just say, hey, we need to get into it because it's going to be long. And I was like, I'm going to bullshit about this ice cream truck. So that's on me. That's my bad. Let's, I'm going to well, let you I be the conductor. I will say, it is much funnier if um, I just, and just say... <laughs> if do I'm this just how like, you did last time. We're not, we're not going to <laughs> deal with that, even kind of. Um... <laughs> So, the way we're going to do this, we're going to dive right into it. We're going to discuss each movie, or each category, uh, and we will save the big six or big seven until the end. So, that's lead actor, supporting actor, lead actress, supporting actress, uh, or I guess it's eight. Adapted writing, original writing, uh, best director, and best picture. Save those for the end. And, uh, yeah, is there anything that, uh, you have any questions about? Nope, I'm just, I, I, I am much more, uh, suited for this conversation this year, although there are definitely gonna be some that I'm just gonna fling names out, but uh, let's so do it, I'm I. excited. So <laughs> I will be true. doing, I'll be doing the same thing as last year, where I will be doing my prediction, and I will be doing what I would want, I will say what I would want them to be. I have written down what I want and what my prediction will be, uh, but for actual record keeping purposes, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep track of what I say I think will win is. Yeah, just I'm only keeping track of the predictions. Okay. Because I think that's so, all I'm gonna offer up to. Yep. Uh, so we're gonna start with animated feature film. We've got Onward, Over the Moon. A Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. That <laughs> what is this Shaun the Sheep movie that just came out of nowhere? I've never heard of it. I'm not a big Shaun the Sheep guy in terms of the the historically those movies. They're not really my style, uh, but they're fairly popular. Um, I thought they were just like Nickelodeon TV movies. I didn't know no. this was the whole thing. Damn. 
Nope. I don't know anything. I don't. I don't know my Sean the Sheep lore. I guess just facts about Sean the Sheep. All right. Well, out of those, out of those, what's your what's your take? I mean, the obvious choice is Soul. I I think that we we can all like it's 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 a Disney Pixar movie, and typically there needs to be a bit more uh, hullabaloo for it to be just about anything other than the Pixar movie, or the Pixar movie has to be complete garbage. Uh, I thought Onward was decent, but I thought Soul was better. Yeah, I guess this is a good time to mention that. We did watch Soul this weekend. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but that's all the time we'll take. Uh, yeah, so Soul is your is your prediction. I think that's going to have to be mine as well, seeing as, aside from Onward, I didn't even recognize the other ones, so... I, this is one of those where if if you don't know the answer, just go with the Disney Pixar movie, and you'll probably be right. Yeah. Um, Grant, there are two Disney. There are two Disney Pixar movies on here, so that could make it a little more difficult. Howard is uh, Pixar as well. I believe Onward. so. Yep. Huh. And because it was, I I thought it might have been pushed back. I don't know what happened, but I think it had been delayed. It was supposed to come out late last year, and it didn't. I think. I don't remember. But Soul got a lot of plaudits by the critics also, uh, so I think that that was the correct answer. I think that's what should win, and that that's what will win. All right, Mo- what's next? Moving on next to cinematography. We've got Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, you know what? For this one, I'll throw mine out. I'm going to go with Mank. Really? Any particular reason? Uh, no, not really. It's just, well, okay, when I think of, like, the cinematography of those, that's the one that stands out the most. Granted, I've only I've, I've only seen Nomadland otherwise. And I think it had some, like, gorgeous shots, but I don't know if I'd call that cinematography. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I think... I may have like this is one where it's it's very hard to separate the cinematography from the directing, in some senses. But I think, I think that the the cinematography is what really stood out because of those the way that it was shot and sort of the views and and how they approach it. I I think I'm gonna go with Nomadland on this one, because I just thought that the scenic views and the the long distance shots that you could see of just everything that was going on, the experience at hand, I thought that that was uh, that really stood out for Nomadland. That was probably its biggest appeal from my eyes, were the cinematography and the directing, uh, and then everyone's been sucking Nomadland's dick all year, so that's my prediction. That is also true, yeah. And it's the one that I would like to win. Although I am, I'm more than happy for Mank to win. I thought it was a very good movie, and I would like for it to get some credit. All right. All awesome. right. Moving on next to costume design. Ooh. So we have Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. I did not. I did not know Pinocchio was a movie this year. Uh, neither did I. It's only. It's actually been nominated for a few technical awards, which may suggest that it might actually win one of them. Huh. But uh, yeah, this. I I'm not very familiar with what I I don't know. Like I haven't even seen the Pinocchio ones. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even see a trailer for the thing. 
Um, nope. Who knows? Uh, f- from those, for, from what you just said, though, I think, I think I'm gonna go with Emma. But it might. It probably will also be Ma Rainey. So I don't. Uh, I, I'm. I'm gonna say Emma though. Yeah, Emma's honestly Emma's a good choice. A period piece is always a good choice for costume design and makeup. Uh, I, I would like to see it go to Mank just because I I really appreciated all of the just how they really displayed basically who he was as a as a Hollywood writer based upon his his costume and like how he was dressed and how he was sort of a bigwig and the the oh, what was. It's uh, Hearst, how Charles Dance was dressed for Hearst, and then Amanda Seyfried's character. I thought it was all done excellently. Uh, that's who I would like to win. I think it will be Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, though. Yeah, that's kind of... I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, I, I agree. Just, that. I mean, it's, it's another period piece from, I believe, the 30s. Uh, it's... When, whenever you have the, those nice suits going in there, it's... It's a great opportunity for it. Um, we'll move on next. Uh, up next, we have a do- a feature-length documentary. We have Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. I have seen Connor, none of these. Yeah, I have seen none of these. I haven't even heard of any of these. I don't unless my octopus teacher is about the guy that wants to have sex with an octopus. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. God, I hope not. Um, because I'm I'm gonna pick that one solely because Netflix won't stop recommending it to me. Ah, uh, I have not gotten a single recommendation by Netflix for that. So it might think that you want to watch some guy have sex with an octopus. <laughs> And we're not, we are not going to kink shame here, and we're not going to judge. I think it's going to be Crip Camp, because I believe, uh, I just, I I think that that sounds, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's about a disabled summer camp, but I also don't really know, and it just sounded like a good choice. Oh, I thought uh, it was going to be about, like, gang indoctrination. But... It could be that, too. I, I was honestly, I couldn't tell. Uh, it, I, I don't know is, is really the answer. And uh, well, we put move you on down to... for it anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, octopus teacher. Uh, and now we'll go to the documentary short. We have Colette. A concerto is a conversation. Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and a love song for Latasha. Bruh, like, I don't know any of these. Not, I haven't even heard of any of them. I'm okay. going with Colette. Alright, I'm going with Hunger Ward. That'll do it. You said Hunger Ward. Maybe we should include more documentaries into our, uh... Well, I don't, like... I don't even know where to find these, is the issue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, I, I guess some of them might be on Amazon, but I, I, don't, I definitely don't know where to find documentary shorts. <laughs> that's, that's also... Actually, I want to change my vote to the Blockbuster documentary. It's not on the it's list, not but maybe nominated. it'll sneak in there. Okay. So, up next, we will go to film editing. 
So the nominees here are The Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Huh. And film editing is the category. Yes. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? So my thoughts are that, once again, because everyone's been just absolutely jerking off Nomadland, that it probably goes to Nomadland because it's the, the director also did the film editing for it, and that's just sort of her style. Uh, I think it probably goes to her, but personally, I think it should go to the father. Because the way that the father was set up, and you haven't seen it, so I'll have to explain it to you. So yeah. the way it was set up is there's essentially uh, like three separate days that you see going on for the first two acts. And it's going through in his, in the character's memories. And as he like walks room to room, it shifts from one day to the other because he's conflating them and mixing them up. He doesn't recognize people. And it's the, the flow of it as he walks room to room and it just switches. Like it's, it's seamless. It's so well done that you don't even realize what's going on. You don't realize that something's changed. At first, at first glance, you have to like hold off and it, it, it confuses you of what's going on because of how it's set up that way. I think it's, it works seamlessly. And I, I think that that's why it should go towards, go for the father, uh, but it will go to Nomadland. Well, Hey, you, you convinced me at least. So I'm going to, I'm going to cast my vote for the father. Perfect. You'll love to see it. Uh, next, we'll go to international feature film. So we have Another Round from Denmark, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia, and Quo Vadis Aida, uh, Aida from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Um, like I'll, I'll, I'll probably just have to take Another Round here because it's the only one I know anything about yeah i'm gonna go with another round because and this is a sneak peek its director is nominated for best director and so that uh yeah that just seems like a giveaway based upon going around elsewhere haven't seen any of these movies uh i i'd be open to seeing all of them but it's just one of those things where I don't really know where to find these, and I don't want to have to spend a hundred dollars watching all of the all of the Oscar movies. Um, if we were dedicated, then I might actually do that, but <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. So we have Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. You know what? I think I think I might cast my vote for this Pinocchio movie because I feel like it has the potential to have some really good makeup. <laughs> because you felt like it. So I actually is sort of a sneaky pick. I think Hillbilly Elegy should win because what they they were able to completely change the way that Amy Adams and Glenn Close looked. 
Like, I, you wouldn't even recognize them. Oh, uh, yeah, that I movie. forgot about Glenn Close and that. Like, she looks so identical to the, the character she was playing. Yeah. Mima, I think her name was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was... It was amazing, and it was, and that was entirely from the makeup and the hair. It wasn't the costume; it was that, and so like that alone makes me think that it should be. I think it'll go to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, though. That's okay. So you're going already actual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Glenn Close is in a movie that's coming out. I forget who it's who it's with, but I saw a trailer for it the other day, and I was like surprised that she wasn't as decrepit and like old looking as Mima was in that movie because mm-hmm. i just thought like 70 like, though yeah but i i just thought like she her age was really showing but it turns out like nah like they they made her look that old mm-hmm. all right so up next we have music original score so we've got defive bloods mank minari News of the World and Soul, and just a fun little uh, fun little note here. Trent Reznor is nominated twice in this category. He was all he did the uh, he was one of the people who did Mank and Soul. Huh. You, you know, I I mean, I liked Soul's score. Uh, I think we had this conversation right after we watched it, though. Like, I could have used a bit more. I think. Um. So, for that reason, I'm going to take the Dark Horse of Minari. Okay, I'm going with Soul. Uh, I thought that... It, I agree... I This is a discussion we had offline, uh, but I, I agree with you that they could have done more and added more of the actual jazz in, but I thought that what they did include was just stupendous. I thought it was spectacular. Uh, some of the best score work that I've ever seen with that jazz and so i i think that that alone is gonna gonna catapult it in also i'm picking this just so it doesn't go to trent Reznor's head he's brought down a notch you can't have two nominations in the same category get out of here uh it's actually very common for original score to have multiple nominations uh fuck me then all right what's next uh music original song so we've got fight for you from judas and the black messiah Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7, Husevik, or My Hometown, from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, uh, EOC... What? what the fuck was that last one? We'll get to it. The Life Ahead, from the movie The Life Ahead, and Speak Now, from One Night in Miami. So, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, uh, is the Will Ferrell movie that was on Netflix in, like, Chile. Oh, my God. And it had a good song, I guess? Yep. Huh. So, I actually took the time to listen to all five of these, like, an hour ago. All right, well, then I'm just going to put my bet on whatever you say. So, I, I started with Fight For You, and that's a good song. Pretty good song. I was thinking that was probably going to be my choice. Then we went to Hear My Voice, and I'm like, eh, it's, it's good. It's not as good as Fight For You. Then we went to Husevik, my hometown from the Eurovision movie. And I was shook at how good no. Husevik was. I was shocked. I was so surprised. It was so well done. The woman singing did a, just an excellent job. She was spectacular, a killer voice. And I'm like, this is 
this is almost certainly going to be my choice. Then I went to EOC, and I was like, the, the, like it's in it's an Italian movie about a a Holocaust survivor in Senegal, I believe. Uh, and so I was like, as it kept going, I was like, damn, this is, this is really good. I, I think I have to give it to EOC. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It was like, I didn't understand almost any of it because it's in Italian, but just the range of the voice, the music in the background, it was, it was Top notch. I can't. I can't speak highly enough of this song. All right. I'll. I'll second that. Ditto. Okay. Uh. And. But that having been said, I think they'll give it to. Speak now. Which is the Leslie Odom Jr. song because he's riding a wave from Hamilton because he was great in the Hamilton and that would put him at halfway to uh, an EGOT, I believe, which is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. That that's fun, yeah. Yep. Uh, next we have production design. So. This is The Father, Ma Rennie's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Uh, well, only, have only seen, seen half of one of these movies. I think this, well, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go with Mank here. I thought you said you'd seen Tenet. No, I never saw Tenet. Oh, must have been someone else I was talking to. So you're oh, yeah. going with Mank? Go with Mank. No, no real reason. Just I've seen it in production design. Sure, it seemed good. It seemed good enough. It's a, it's a good choice. I thought it was quite good. I'm going to go with The Father for the same reason I was talking about before. About how it, it's hard to tell what's happening. But it, like because time is passing over these three days. And you can't really tell how long the time is. Like... There will be changes in the set that are subtle. Like, no attention is drawn to them the majority of the time. But they're there, and you notice them just as as the scene continues. You notice that's not the same, that's not the same chair that uh, was there half an hour ago. That's not, like, these, these subtle changes that aren't mentioned because the... The Anthony Hopkins character has dementia and the other, so he doesn't realize that it's different. And then the other characters remember when it changed. And so it's not different for them. And so it's, it's, it's so the, the subtleties of it were, yeah, I just, I cannot speak highly enough of the father uh, and just how the writing and Every and production design and everything just came together to have that effect on it, and so I think that not only do I think that that should win, I think it will. All right, nice. Okay, and now we move on to the animated short. We have Burrow, 
genius loci or loci. If anything happens, I love you. Opera and yes people. I have heard of one of these. Which and one? I've seen none of them. If anything happens, I love you. Um, mm. For the same reason I've heard of my octopus teacher is Netflix keeps trying to make me watch it. Or maybe who, I don't know. It's on one of the streaming services and it always comes up in like the recommended. Gotcha. Uh, so that's, that's going to be my pick actually. Okay, I'm going to go with Burrow just because. Alright. <laughs> no better reasoning. Nope. Alright. A short film live action. Feeling through The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. I'm going with The Present. Any reason? Nope. I'm going to go with Two Distant Strangers because it sounds the most interesting to me. Okay. And something I noticed about this year is that sound mixing and sound editing have been combined into a single category because no one could ever tell the fucking difference between the two. Uh, into just sound. And we have Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Go with the Sound of Metal. I mean, it's an obvious choice. Sound of Metal, uh, just... How they how they were able to manip- manipulate sound to sort of allow you to experience what uh, what the main character is going through by really dulling the sounds uh, as they were coming through the speakers. It was just skillfully done, and it's it really it it adds to the experience more than any of the others do. Yeah, even even if I did turn it up by having the subtitles on. The scene where he gets the cochlear implant still like managed to give me like a shock. So, gotta vote for it. Mm. Anytime a movie makes me question, like realize that I don't, I don't know a thing that I thought I knew. Mm. Solid pick. All right, what's next? Now we have video effects or visual effects. Uh, Love and monsters, the midnight sky. Mulan, the one and only Ivan, and Tenet. So, I, I, I have not seen this movie. I, I don't know. If, I don't think I've seen any of these movies actually, but I've heard good things about its effects. I'm gonna go with Love and Monsters. Okay. I know nothing about Love and Monsters. I am going to go with Tenet, uh, both as my pick and my choice for the winner, uh, because the just the video effects as they had two people on screen where one was moving backwards through time and the other was moving forwards through time and how they did that with objects. I it was just stunning and very well done. Uh as much as the sound quality of that movie was fucking atrocious, the visual quality of the effects were spectacular. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Tenet uh partially because I also just want good things to happen for Tenet because I really enjoyed it. All right. Okay. Uh, writing adapted screenplay. We're into the top eight. The most important ones. 
Okay, so we have Borat 2, which still pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> the Father, Nomadland. Uh, oh, Chloe Zhao also adapted the screenplay uh, for Nomadland. That is, the, uh, that is the director and editor of the movie. Uh, One Night in Miami and The White Tiger. I have no idea. Um, not, not Borat. I don't really want to pick No, no Bad Land because I feel like... I mean, w- wasn't a lot of that just like pseudo-interviews with actual nomads? I mean, kind of. I don't really know. But like I said, I I never underestimate... I, I think that a lot of people are going to be lazy and just give a bunch of shit to Nomadland because it's the m- best artistic film. I would like it to go to The Father because I think it's one of the best adapted screenplays I've seen in years. Uh, but it's I, I don't have faith that they'll make the right decision. So I picked Nomadland. All right, well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to copy your pick there because that's really... Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just pick... I'll just go with the White Tiger. Just okay. ho- hope that its adaption was actually pretty good. Alright, and now we go to original screenplay. We have Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, uh, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Huh. I, I don't know. Um, because I, I I did like the sound of metal a lot. I don't think it's gonna win. I think I'm gonna go with Minari here. That's a good pick. I looking back at my choices, I feel like I should have added. I should have given more to Minari or anything to Minari. Um, I I I may revisit this because uh, I'm gonna try and see Minari before the Oscars. Uh, I may revisit this, but. Right now, I think best original writing, looking at what's here, I think it's Promising Young Woman. I thought that it was, I, I, I think I, did I discuss it on the podcast a few weeks ago? I don't I, I know we talked about the trailer. I don't remember if we talked about you seeing it. Uh, it was quite good. Uh, definitely deserves to be nominated for best picture, which it is. Uh, and it's. Honestly, the granted this I haven't seen Minari, so that could be the case. But none of the others, like the strength, wasn't in their screen in their writing. Whereas I think Promising Young Woman, I think the strength really was the writing of it, and so that's why I'm, that's why I would like it to be that. I think it goes to Trial of the Chicago Seven though, because uh, Hollywood loves Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> All right, so uh, Okay, and now I will get up to directing. Best director. We have another round. Thomas Vinterberg, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, and Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. Uh, for this one, I think I gotta go Nomadland. Yeah, it's it's Zhao. It's it's the obvious choice. It's people have been just launching praise at Chloe Zhao uh, all year since Nomadland came out. Uh, 
And frankly, she deserves it. She did a spectacular job. Uh, I will say that David Fincher and Emerald Fennell both very much deserve to be nominated here. Uh, I would not have guessed that... Uh, let me check. I cannot... I can never remember... Casey Mulligan. Which, how she was able to get that performance out of Casey Mulligan is amazing because that's just not the sort of character that she usually plays. Uh... And then David, just every, like, everything throughout Mank was spectacular in terms of directing and, uh, and, like, how the performances were formed and how, like, ever I love, I just very thoroughly enjoyed it. And so I think David Fincher, I wouldn't at all be upset if either of them won as well, but I think the, the obvious choice is Nomadland. Yeah, I just, I have not seen a movie that's so accurately just captured that chunk of life or like what it was trying to show like i i i don't i agree that it might be a little overinflated but i think the directing of nomadland was absolutely like it's it's best part Mm -hmm. all right uh we'll now go through the acting categories so we'll go actor in a leading role we have riz ahmed from sound of metal chadwick boseman from ma rainey's black bottom anthony hopkins in the father Gary Oldman and Mank and Steven Yoon in Minari. This one, I don't, I don't know. What's your take? I think Oldman should get it. I thought, I thought that he was, he, he was the, basically the foundation of Mank. I thought that it lived and died with him because he was in, honestly, I'm not sure if there was a single scene he wasn't in. Uh, looking back on it, he was, uh, he just, and honestly, if there was a scene that he wasn't in, the fact that I don't remember it sort of just speaks to how he, he stole the show as the lead and he deserved it. Uh, but just from what everyone's saying, they're giving, they're going to give this posthumously to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, just, it's sort of a lifetime achievement award. Uh, and I, I don't doubt that he did a great job because he was great in everything that I saw him do. Uh, but the, I, I think, I think it should go to Gary Oldman, but Chadwick Boseman's my choice. All right. Well then I guess I'm going to pick Chadwick Boseman if that's actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll just slip it. I'm going to go with, uh, Anthony Hopkins and, uh, solid choice because from everything you've told me about that movie, I, could assume he would have to be pretty good. He was, uh, but like I think I said before, the the writing was what really carried that movie. I think it was more of the off-screen talent that really added to it. Uh, not to say that he didn't have to be stellar to be able to pull it off and for it to be effective, but I just, I think that the writing really supported it. Um... Moving on to Best Actor in a Supporting Role. We have Sasha Baron Cohen in The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami, Paul Racy in The Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah. I could not possibly have an opinion about this, I don't think. Because I, I haven't seen any of those, and I know who two of those people are, so... So Sasha Baron Cohen, I I wouldn't so 
I think it will, and I think it should be Daniel Kaluuya because he was just the he he was sort of like Gary Oldman in that he stole the show whenever he was on screen, and that makes sense. He was he was playing the leader of the Black Panther Party. He was playing Fred Hampton. It like that's what his character called for, and he but he delivered exactly what he needed to. Um, I will say it pisses me off that both of the main characters from Judas and the Black Messiah were nominated as Best Supporting Actors. That doesn't make any fucking sense. One of them has to be the goddamn lead. Uh, so I'm going to just ignore Lakeith Stanfield because it pisses me off. He should just be the lead uh, of, because he was the, he was the informant. Uh, Paul Racy did... I like I had no idea who he was until uh and until Sound of Metal and his performance as sort of the the deaf guru that led the house. I mean he he did a spectacular job in that very small role. Uh but I just don't think he stands a chance. Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami. Haven't seen it, but I don't expect I think this is more just like a it's an honor to be here. I think that this is a two-horse race between Sasha Baron Cohen and Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, but I think it I think it goes to Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, well, then I will vote uh, counter to you there. I'll go with the Child of Chica- 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 if I can speak English. Child of Chicago 7. Okay. And then we come down to actress in a leading role. Uh, we have Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andrew Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Did I say Casey Mulligan earlier? It's I Carrie think Mulligan. so. It's Carrie but, uh, Mulligan. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've only seen Nomadland, Nomadland out of this. Uh, to be quite honest, though, I feel like I mean, her her performance is really good. I feel like there are definitely better ones on this list, though. Um, so I I really I I don't know. I I I see. see you, I this, thought I would have seen I, I have these. To, I have to say, I I don't know who's gonna win this. This is the one that's most up in the air of the of the ones that I actually like have an opinion on. I just I don't know. I I I have no idea. I would not be surprised if anyone pulled this out, uh, especially because Viola Davis is just such a talented actress. I don't expect her to be the one that pulls it out. Um, I I think that they're... Carrie Mulligan's performance, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they gave it to her. I think that this is just such, a, such an even field that the fact that a bunch of people are just voting everything, like, are giving a bunch of stuff to Nomadland will put it over the edge uh, for Francis McDormand. But honestly, I think it should go to Carrie Mulligan. I've, I've, I've been back and forth on this. And I think it should be Mulligan. But I think it will go McDormand. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like I said, I really don't have an opinion, so I'll say I'll say Viola Davis for just for for fucks. Okay, and then the final acting category we have best supporting actress. 
we have Maria Bakalova from Borat 2, Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in The Father, Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and Yu Zhang Yong uh, in Minari. Uh, I gotta go with Glenn Close here. Yeah, so do I. Uh, the It is worth noting uh, that... Once again, Minari, this is one where I think Minari, uh, the actress in Minari, could sneak in uh, when I end up seeing it, and I may change my mind. But Amanda Seyfried did a great job. She was she was uh, an excellent, she had an excellent performance in Mank. Uh, Olivia Coleman, I thought she did well, but I didn't, I'm not sure uh, if, it should have been nominated until I look that the second that the last nominee is Maria Bakalova from Borat Two, a fucking prank movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this this is frankly this is insulting to this. The fact that that was nominated should be insulting to every other actress that had a supporting role in this past year because that is fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I. There's no way I, that that actually merits that. I think it's Glenn Close is the choice. I, I spe- partially because I thought she she was the, she and Amy Adams were the two best parts of that movie, uh, and I think more importantly that they give her they give her to her a sort of a lifetime achievement award uh, because Olivia Cole she was expected to actually win it a couple years ago, but then Olivia Coleman snuck in and got it for the fav- for her role in the favorite. Uh, so I think that they finally, finally give Glenn Close, or am I thinking of Judy Dench? No, Glenn Close, the uh, the words words are hard. The the Oscar for <laughs> actress, and finally the big shebang. We have Best Picture. Uh, the eight nominees this year are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank. Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, man, that's... I mean, so is is Nomadland still the favorite? Uh, I that... will check to make sure it's the betting favorite. Because I, I, that's... That is... I think... Well, I guess I saw Mank. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go with Nomadland here, too. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 got it, though. I know that that's like... Trial of the Chicago 7 is second on the list of odds. Nomadland is a heavy favorite. After about 300 to win 100, Trial of the Chicago 7 is plus 550. Then it's Promising Young Woman, Minari, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, Sound of Metal, and The Father. Yeah, so I, th- I think I'm going to stick with Nomadland. Um, I mean, that's I think that's the obvious choice of what will win. That's that's the one that's gotten all the plaudits. I think it should be Mank. That was my favorite movie from last year, uh, followed by The Father and then The Sound of Metal. I think those were the three best movies that came out last year, uh, at least on this list. I am interested to see Minari and see if that might change my opinion. Uh, and so that might move into the top three. But Nomadland was very well done, very artistically done. 
Uh, and I can understand why it's going to win, but it really just didn't do it for me in the way that it did it for all of the critics, apparently. Which, uh, you know, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. So, Connor, how do you feel about your choices? Um, I feel good about, like, three of them. <laughs> they might all be Nomadland. Yep, that's, that's about right. Uh... What seems to be a clear mistake for me is that the vast majority of my choices uh, are also the ones that I thought should win. So that almost certainly means that I'm wrong. (laughs) So uh, we, it's a good thing we got right into it. We're at the 45 minute mark. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? Uh, There are no previews for movies this weekend because I've never heard of any of the fucking movies coming out this weekend. Uh, yeah, to fuck him. Uh, I mean, I guess we could talk about Soul real quick, but, eh, we can save it for next time. Suppose, yeah, we can, we can do it another time. Yeah, uh, other than that, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up. Those are the predictions and fun, fun stuff. And, uh, those are the predictions almost certainly to go wrong. Uh-huh. I feel good about Glenn Close, too. Yeah, I hope she gets it. She deserves it. And then, yeah, I don't know. Love Love and Monsters probably will not win because what you described in Tenet was fun. And I could be totally wrong. Like, I forget who I heard it from that Love and Monsters had some pretty cool effects. Because this was, like, a weird movie that I totally wrote off as, like, a shitty teen monster movie. Mm -hmm. Until I heard, like, its effects were pretty fun. I don't feel super hot about that choice either. But... We will know on, uh, what is it, April 24th? 25th. 5th. Yeah, and this is, let me actually pull this, because I had this. Yeah, and this is the 93rd Academy Awards. Yep, had no idea it's been going on for that long. It's, uh, it's the perfect date. Not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> Describe your perfect date. I can't believe you actually got that <laughs> reference. It is, I, I, I could not tell you what it's from right now. I just remember like that, that like, it's from like a love, con- or like a game show, right? Like so some spoof in a game mi- show? Miss Congeniality. It's one yeah, of the, one that's of the people, one of the uh, contestants in the beauty pageant. Kate's going to listen to this and make me watch Miss Congeniality now. Shit. <laughs> I will not edit that out. <laughs> Maybe I will. All right, but yeah, Who that's knows? it. Uh, yeah, no so plugs. Nope, me, me neither. I thought I had something, and then I forgot it. So who, whoever I was talking to, <laughs> you're going to miss out on one person hearing your plugs. Or I don't know. I haven't checked the stats in a long time. Maybe, like, upwards of two. But that's, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Until next time.